This is Levi Cooper coming to you from Pardes in Yerushalayim. We're continuing with our exploration of the mitzvah of Pidyon Shvuyim, securing the release of captives. And in the previous episode, we saw that the sages refer to Pidyon Shvuyim as a mitzvah rabbah, a grand mitzvah. But my dear friends, values in Judaism even grand values like the mitzvah of Pidyon Shvuim are not absolute values, and they need to be balanced with other values. In fact, the sages of the Mishnah, they identified two limitations on this grand mitzvah of Pidyon Shvuim. And in the coming episodes, I'd like to have a look first at the first of these two limitations. The Mishnah says, "Ein podin et yoter al We do not secure the release of captives for more than they are worth. And the Mishnah explains why, mipnei tikun haolam. So, if the captors request an exorbitant amount of money in order to release the hostages, the Mishnah would say that we do not pay that exorbitant amount, mipnei tikun ol ha'olam, because of tikun ha'olam. The Gemara asks, what does that mean, mipnei tikun ha'olam? And the Gemara offers two explanations, two possible explanations. The first is, we do not want to put an undue uh, burden on the community. And therefore, we do not pay exorbitant ransoms for captives. That's the first explanation of what the tikkun ha'olam is in this limitation. And the Gemara continues and says, no, but perhaps there's another reason. And the other reason is not about the present situation, but it, it is about it is about the future. The Gemara says that we do not want to create an incentive to captors to take Jewish people. Because if they see that we're willing to pay an exorbitant amount, then we are incentivizing them to take Jewish hostages. And the Gemara understands that it is one of these two reasons, not both of them. And there's a difference between them. Let's say, for instance, my friends, that someone is taken captive and we don't turn to the community and ask for the community to ransom that person, but an individual comes forth and says, I'm willing to pay the entire amount. So it would depend on what mipnei tikun ha'olam means if it is that we don't want to put a burden on the community, this isn't putting a burden on the community, and we would allow the person to pay the ransom. But if we're concerned about incentivizing taking hostages, then even if it's just an individual who wants to pay, we would say, I'm sorry, my dear sir, we are not allowed to uh, secure the release of captives for exorbitant ransoms. So that would be the difference between those two reasons. And the Gemara says, offers a proof as to which of the two reasons is the reason for the rule in the Mishnah. 
And the Gemara tells us a story about Levi Bardarga. Levi Bardarga's daughter was taken hostage and he ransomed her. He secured her release by paying 13,000 dinar, golden dinar. So the Gemara seems to assume that uh, that is not putting a burden on the community and therefore he was allowed to do it. And we're not concerned about such an incentive. But the Gemara immediately retorts, Amar Abaye, Abaye says, who says that Levi Bardarga was doing what the sages approved of? Perhaps he acted on his own and really the sages are concerned about incentivizing taking hostages. And the Gemara leaves it there without solving what is the real reason for this rule that we are not we do not pay exorbitant amounts in order to secure the release of hostages there is another story in the gemara and where we can also learn about this rule of ein podinatashvin yoter al mehem that we do not ransom the hostages for more than they're worth and we can see from this story also that the rule may not be a hard and fast rule. The Talmud tells us a story of Rabbi Yoshua ben Hanania that went to a town or village in the area of Rome. And they told him that there was a child who was in jail. And the Gemara describes this child as Yefeh Enaim Vetovroi, beautiful eyes, good looking with the curly locks of hair. And Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananya goes to the jail and stands outside the jail and cites a verse from Yeshayahu, Who dared do such a thing to the Jewish people? And this young child from within the walls of the jail responded with the continuation of that pasuk, Halo Hashem zuchatanu lo, this is because we have sinned and we have not gone in the way that God instructed us and we have not heeded God's Torah. When Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya hears this response, he's, he's astounded. He says, I'm convinced that this young lad will be a teacher in Israel. And therefore, Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananya says, I will not move from here until I secure his release, regardless of how much they ask for his freedom. And the Talmud tells us that indeed Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananya did not move from that place until he secured the lad's release and it cost him quite a fortune. The Gemara concludes the story by telling us that only a short while passed and this young lad grew into one of the great teachers of Israel. Umanu, who is this, says the Gemara, Rabbi Yoshua, sorry, Rabbi Yishmael ben Elisha. So in this story, my friends, we cannot say, as Abaya said regarding Levi Bardarga, that this ransom was paid without the approval of the sages because it was one of the sages who paid the ransom. So there's one way to understand this, that maybe Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi and, sorry, Rabbi Yoshua ben Hananya and Levi Bardarga 
they were arguing with the ruling in the Mishnah. And they said, you know what, maybe we can pay exorbitant amounts in order to secure freedom for Jews held in captive. In the next episode, we'll see someone who picks up on that theme. But the commentators said, no, no, no. Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya was operating under a different exception. Even though, as a general rule, we do not pay exorbitant amounts, for a wise person, we can pay a high amount. And the Ramban Nachmanides, for example, one of the medieval authorities who takes this line, he says, explains, why doesn't this create an incentive to take Talmidei Chachamim as captives, take wise people as captives? And the Ramban explains that a Talmid Chacham is a unique person. We don't have that many Talmidei Chachamim that are of that caliber that you can pay such a an exorbitant amount. And only when we, and therefore there's no concern about incentivizing taking hostages and kidnapping because there aren't many Talmidei Chachamim. So he's obviously seeing this category as an exclusive category. And indeed, this is the Halakha of Yosef Karo in his Shulchan Aruch says that a Talmid Chacham, or even if the person's not yet a Talmid Chacham, but we're talking about a sharp student who will become one of the greats of our nation, such a person, we do pay an exorbitant amount to secure their release. Are there other cases where we would pay high amounts, exorbitant ransoms in order to secure the release, even if we're not talking about a Talmid Chacham or a Talmid Kharif, a sharp student with a promising future? We'll have to explore that question in the next episode. In the meantime, to the Beit Midrash!